I see. Now I get it. Being rich and famous is beautiful. No. Hmm. Actually, many would agree with that. It's complicated. It's human. Hi, I'm Bob. Join me in explaining to my alien friend X. Hello, friend? How human society and culture work. I don't. You'll get some food for thought and learn interesting facts about science, history, and technology. And human contradictions. Yeah, and have some fun while doing it. Obviously. Hey, Bob, what do you think? What do you think of what? Oh, is that an earring you have on your antenna? It's not an antenna. It's my looming horn. Am I beautiful? You are... funny. That's not how you wear earrings. Funny? I don't have ears, so I thought it might work there too. X, why would you do that? Because I wanted to be beautiful, and you said people wear these things to look beautiful. Do you even know what beautiful means? No. That's exactly what I'm trying to figure out. It seems for humans it's very important to be beautiful. And because I did not understand it, I thought I might feel different if I was beautiful myself. What does beautiful mean? Oh, X, that's simple. It means that something is pleasing to the senses and the mind aesthetically. Pleases the senses aesthetically? What does that mean? That's simple. It means that it has some characteristics that are liked by who is perceiving that thing as beautiful. What characteristics? This metal ring is not even made of a material that can be magnetized. X, I told you that is complicated. It depends on a lot of things. And magnetism is not one of those, apparently. Hmm. It's not about the metal itself, but how it looks on you and who is evaluating it. Humans started to make an effort to change their appearance as early as 12,000 years ago. Some say even before, by the civilization who built those famous pyramidal structures. Do you remember we talked about it? How could I forget them? It seems that all the things you explained to me about humans so far began either there or in the land between the two rivers. I'm starting to wonder if I could have saved a few thousand years by showing up back then. Hey, we are way more evolved than them. They hadn't even invented pulleys yet and they were painting their eyes with black antimony-based paint as eyeliner that today we know could be toxic. So humans don't paint their eyes anymore? Um, yes, they still do. But with something completely different than an eyeliner, right? Mm, the materials are different, but the eyeliner is actually still something very much popular nowadays. So? So, good luck explaining to them you were not a god and have them give you some plasma for your railgun. Okay, okay. You are right. You are slightly more evolved, at least for things other than cosmetics. But why would you paint your eyes? Is it to see better? Not really, but it had other functions. Interesting enough, the eyeliner they used was made with coal, which contains lead, a substance toxic for humans. By analyzing various samples found in Egyptian burial sites and recreating ancient recipes documented by Greek or Roman authors, researchers could test the effects of these lead compounds on skin cells. Amazingly, instead of causing lead poisoning, they instead triggered an overproduction of nitrogen monoxide, which stimulates nonspecific immunological defenses. 
Basically, it seems that the daily wearing of coal made Egyptians' eyes almost immediately resistant to bacterial infections due to the spontaneous response of immune cells. Oh, I see. 12,000 years I could have saved. What did you say? Nothing. So beautiful means to be healthy and immune? Mm, not really. But beauty might be used as a proxy for health or social status. For instance, in 1562, the Queen of England contracted smallpox, a disease that left her face scarred. So to hide the scars, she started to apply very heavy white lead-based makeup. The noble ladies followed their queen's example to look like her and eventually ruined their own skin as well. Therefore, to hide the damage, they had to keep putting on the same makeup. Oh, I see. Becoming unhealthy to look healthy. Yeah, it's almost a paradox, right? No. <sighs> I said almost, almost. Anyway, the favorite colors changed too in history. Some time ago, when poor people were working in the fields under the sun, the rich ones were staying indoors and therefore looked pale. So the more beautiful color to have at the time was as white as possible. Oh, I see. So being white is beautiful. No. Then things changed when a lot of jobs started to be indoors. The rich people who did not have to work could go out and enjoy the sun on the beach. Therefore, having a darker skin is considered more beautiful, at least in some parts of the world. Oh, I see. So being black is beautiful. No. In other places, the traditions from the ancient times are still very much alive today, and so people still want to look pale nowadays. In the old times in Japan, actually, someone thinks that after painting their faces white, they realized it made their teeth look more yellow by contrast. So they ended up blackening them altogether. Blackening teeth, though, also had a protective effect against tooth decay, like modern dental sealants, and became a sign of being rich. Oh, I see. The usual world is not black and white, but everybody likes to make it black and white. Well, it's not even all about color. The body shapes that were considered more beautiful changed over time as well, partly because of the same logic. If you were rich enough, you could have enough to eat to grow a big belly. While now that the health risks of being overweight are more apparent, people who have money and time to take care of themselves do enough activity and buy healthy food so their bodies look more athletic. And these things are just high-level trends, because more details change every 20-30 years, based sometimes on the influence of how famous people look like royalty and nobles in the past, and actresses and social media influencers these days. Oh, I see. Now I get it. Being rich and famous is beautiful. No. Mm, actually, many would agree with that. But it's not all about that. Mm, I'm still very confused about what beauty is. You said how it changes, but who decides what's beautiful and what is not? How do you measure it? Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, X. Does the beholder have to be wearing an eyeliner to see it? Okay, I managed to confuse you even more. What I mean is that there is not a clear objective way to measure it. But these earrings have a specific price. Isn't it proportional to their beauty? By the way, where did you get them? Please tell me you did not steal... No, no, I've learned my lesson. 
I'm a good citizen now, and I don't want you to be angry. So this time, I bought them online with your credit card. What the hell, X? Don't worry, I made sure I chose the most expensive ones, because I wanted to make sure they were the most beautiful ones. See? I'm getting a hang on human's behavior by now. Oh no! <sighs> At least this time I can return them through a courier instead of having to buy a coffee to the security guard of the mall. What were you thinking? I told you. I assumed the value was in line with their beauty. That's not how it works. How then? Well, there are some theories. You know how we talked about Darwin's natural selection? His idea that species evolve favoring the survival of the individuals that best fit the environment? Like giraffes with longer necks being able to survive more than the shorter necks ones because they could reach the higher branches of the trees to eat? Yes, Darwin and Alfred Wallace, who co-published the theory with Darwin, though everyone forgets to mention him. Who? Indeed. So, following that explanation, some think that beauty criteria evolved as well to somehow preserve the most beautiful individuals because they are a better fit. As if there was a secret code in nature where, for instance, a bird with very bright colors would have a particularly strong immune system that would be good for its survival. And of course, to pass it to its offspring. Oh, I see. Birds' colors as a flag of their strengths. Precisely. And since it's perfectly in line with Darwin's theory, he actually disagreed with it. Oh, I don't get it. He spent his life demonstrating something that he eventually did not agree with? Well, yeah. But to be fair, he never said that his theory would apply to everything and anything. So his explanation was that colors, shapes, and concepts of beauty evolved through a parallel process that he called sexual selection in 1871. Oh, I see. Sex again. What's sex selection? That's a different thing. Sexual selection, instead, is a mode of natural selection where, for instance, male birds compete with other male birds to get chosen by the female ones for mating. Oh, that's sexist. Hey! It's not my fault if in the majority of species where mate choice happens, females are the choosy sex. I didn't invent nature. Oh, I see. So is it God's fault? No, I didn't say that either. Let's go back to the point. There are currently five sub-mechanisms of sexual selection that might explain beauty. The first is direct phenotypic benefits, which is, for example, that birds with brighter plumage feed their youngsters more frequently. So females who choose them have a direct benefit of more time to produce more offspring. The second is sensory bias, meaning, for instance, that fishes who liked to eat orange fruits that rarely fall in the water end up choosing male fishes that have developed a more orange body coloration. The third is called Fisherian runaway or runaway selection. Do fishes also create evolution theories? No. Just let me finish. Say, for instance, that female peacocks start having a preference for male peacocks with a bigger and more colorful tail, which, by the way, does not seem to be a good fit for survival per se, because makes the male more visible to predators and less nimble in its movements. But peahens, nonetheless, chose those males. 
This creates not only a new generation of peacocks with more flashy tails, but also a new generation of peahens more picky and excited about flashy tails. This positive feedback loop, given enough time, ends up skewing peacocks' tails into being more flashy. As long as those born with them don't end up being killed too frequently because of their tails. The fourth is genetic compatibility by which human females, for instance, would choose males that have a more compatible DNA with their own. And, before you ask, such compatibility is very complex to measure, but there is a measurement we have found using the major histocompatibility complex. It's a part in our DNA that code for cell surface proteins essential for the adaptive immune system. Oh, but you told me humans don't do DNA tests before choosing a partner. Well, they might not be as aware of testing it, but they do it, at least subconsciously, using their nose. More specifically, experiments show that females would be attracted by the odor of man's clothes with an immune system very different from their own. This would increase the probability of creating a child more resistant to parasites and diseases. Oh, I see. Smelly compatibility. And lastly, there is the indicator traits, which, among other sub-theories, says that females might be attracted by a trait that is actually a handicap to survival. So thinking that our fleshy-tailed peacock, if he is able to survive despite that fleshy tail, it means he has to be doing something else right and possibly pass that capacity to its offspring. Oh, I see. Like Egyptians being able to build the pyramids without even using a pulley. This is all interesting. But how does it help me understand if this was the best earring I could buy with your money? Don't you have a tool, a machine, or a device to measure beauty in a more rigorous way? Hmm. Let me take a mental note about hiding my credit card first. But, hey, if you want a number, here you go. 1.680339-8875. Mm, I spent more than that, if that was the question. No! This number was called Golden Ratio by the Greeks, or Phi, after the Greek sculptor Phida, but is also known as Golden Section or Divine Proportion. Oh, I see. Divine again. I will go with Phi. What does that have to do with beauty? Apparently, this is a ratio that humans find aesthetically pleasing in, say, a face, where its height has this precise proportion to its width. Other measurements can be similarly applied to other parts, like the lips, where the lower lip is 1.618 times bigger than the upper one, or the relative distance between parts of the face or their absolute placement. Hmm. And it does not end here. You can actually apply this golden ratio to build rectangles in a Fibonacci sequence and overlay those to ancient Greek temples that we find beautiful and see that they have the same proportions. See? You wanted a measurement? Here is your measurement. Oh, I see. Thank you. It seems to me, though, that in human proportions it's very frequent to encounter numbers between 1 and 2, like 1.618. Also, the way faces and proportions are measured are quite arbitrary, meaning that trying enough arrangements, you will likely find something that falls within a close enough interval from phi, which, by the way, being an irrational number, is not very easy to compare with other numbers. 
meaning you can argue that 1.59 is close enough and claim the proportion is pretty much the golden ratio in a self-fulfilling definition. And the same goes for the Greek buildings. You can easily find ways to position a golden rectangle inside them, or it's going to be even easier if the temple was built on purpose with those proportions in mind because they became famous and artists started to use them, which in turn would have skewed the perception of beauty accordingly for the generations to come. Wow. Thank you, Axe, for destroying the only hope I had to give you a decent answer. It's okay. I still like phi. But because it's unique. It's the one that can be approximated the least by a fraction, which makes it the most irrational of all numbers. Hmm, irrational. Maybe it has something to do with beauty after all. <sighs> I give up. The only better thing I can offer you is symmetry. Faces seem to be perceived as more attractive the more symmetric they are. A theory to explain it is that symmetry indicates good health. And by the way, that might explain why earrings are seen as pretty if you wear both of them properly in a symmetric way, not only one in the middle of your horn. Oh, so you are saying that I am not beautiful? Uh, no. It's okay. Now that you explained it to me, I'm not even sure that this is something useful enough that I need to experience. Yeah, you know, something that is very superficial to evaluate people just based on their beauty anyway. After all, it might only give you an advantage in minor things like job interviews, getting free stuff, receiving attention, and getting dates. But anyway, we also say that people are beautiful inside, meaning you like their character, behaviors, and how they make you feel. Does it make sense? Sure. So far, you were not able to articulate how something as apparent as aesthetics is measured. I'm not going to ask you how to measure inner beauty. Oh, come on. It's not that complicated. I mean, okay, thanks for not asking. And you're very symmetric, by the way. Yes, that was the only trait I decided to take after analyzing Earth before my visit, when I chose this form and shape to manifest to you. So the only answer I gave you was the one you already knew? Sorry if I have wasted 15 minutes of your time, Max. It's okay. It does not add that much to 12,000 years. Hey, most importantly, what do you mean by choosing form and shape to manifest to me? Wait, don't answer that. I will ask you another question before I start hyperventilating again. Uh, don't you have a concept like beauty where you come from? Oh yes, sure. On Noju, we appreciate size, the bigger the better. Length, the longer the better. Complexity, the more complex the better. Complex? Ax, what are you talking about? Our projects, of course. The more of those qualities they have, the more vocational tokens you get when you complete them. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, geez. I was asking about how you evaluate if someone of your species is beautiful. Oh. Why would we ever do that? You are funny. That's why we don't need to spend $3,258 on a pair of earrings. You are beautiful, but if you want to be beautiful inside too, please subscribe, like, and share this. With at least 1.618 people. X, what are you doing to those clothes? I'm trying to figure this out, but I don't think it's working. This works just for humans, and you don't even have a nose. Stop smelling them.
That's exactly what it is. 